Okay, here we go. Hi, everybody, and welcome to another episode of Better. I am Dr. John Duffy, and with me is my very favorite co-host of all time. Julie Duffy is here. Hi. What's up, honey? Um, it's good to be back. We took, um, we took a break for our end of the summer before George starts work. Uh, birthday weekend. Right. Um, in Pittsburgh. <laughs> it's where you go for fun. It turns out we've had some great experiences in America's mid-sized cities. We have. Right? Cleveland uh, rocks and Pittsburgh rolls. I don't know. <laughs> that was better than I thought you were going to come up with. That's pretty good. Um, and we've spent some time in Cincinnati. Um, your, your Auntie Joyce passed away, but yes. we got to spend a few minutes there, and she's, we got to see her yeah, so, before yeah, so that happened. Yeah, so we decided we wanted to do one more thing before George started his real job yep. next Wednesday. We didn't know exactly what to do. We tossed some ideas around. We, then we thought about making it um, see a ballpark we haven't seen centric. Yeah. Um, we then realized that, or I realized, George already knew, um, that I found a list of the top ballparks. And PNC Park in Pittsburgh, I think, was number five. So to my shock, I get home from work one day, <laughs> and I'm thinking, oh, let's hit the beach or something for the end of the summer vacation, which is something historically the Duffies have done. Yeah. And George and Julie very excitedly tell me, we're going to Pittsburgh. It's going to yep. be great. And and it turns out it was really fun. It was Yeah, really and fun. Um, my sweet aunt, Joyce, um, who was um, failing, she's had Alzheimer's, um, my cousin called me, and blessedly we were able to stop on the way, and I got to give her a kiss and hold her hand and tell her I loved her. Yeah. And she passed away. And she on knew Monday you were morning. there. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, she knew you were there. So that was amazing. And um, and I hate Alzheimer's. So yeah. Alzheimer's is awful. Yeah. And it's I'm so sorry that Joyce had to suffer for so long, and yeah. we should have a in a in a civilized place we should have a better way. Yeah, amen, amen. Yeah. But it was a blessing. It was a blessing. And it was like kismet that we were, um, you know, going that way. So anyway. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, Pittsburgh so that's what we've been up to. was so fun. Pittsburgh rolled. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it was. It was so fun. We got to see uh, three um, ball games uh, on the way home from Pittsburgh. We got to hear the fourth. Baseball, as you, if you listen to this with any regularity, baseball consumes our lives for 182 days a year. Cubs, <laughs> uh, Cubs in particular, and um, you know, and Julie and I marvel sometimes about how this happened to us, but only in a good way. I mean, you know, we were married for quite some time before. Oddly enough, our very first date was a Cubs game. That is true. Oh, my yes. God. I forgot about um, that. Our, our first official date. Our yeah. first official date. There was some making out. <laughs> <laughs> if we're being honest, there was a little making out going on before that. <laughs> you just couldn't stop yourself. Oh, it was, my God. It was so sweet. Um, <laughs> <laughs> bless your heart. Anyway, um, but after that Cubs game... We maybe took in a couple because other people were going or something, but we were not fanatics. No, we no, we sat in the bleachers. I'm sure I didn't watch one play of the game. But we parented a fanatic who now has us like yeah. screaming and stuff. I watch Cubs when I'm by myself. Yeah, which is madness, right? Yeah. I mean, it's it's just so different than we used to live. Which brings us to a thought. 
that we thought we might talk about today, right? Yeah. Um, everybody's got their favorite team or um, personality or something, right? We all, we've all got, we're all fans of something, I would argue. And we ha- so we're going to use the Cubs for a minute here as an analogy. The Cubs were, while we were in Pittsburgh, they were in not a slump necessarily, but they were only scoring one run a game, only solo homers. So there was no offense. They were yeah. playing decent defense, no offense. So it was weird. For a team that is the very best team with the best record in the National League right now and destined to go to the World Series and play the Boston Red Sox and shock them in Game 7. So, um, But they had an off week. And and then, and then things changed in a moment. And it, what happened in the moment between games, between series. So typically in baseball, for those of you who aren't that familiar with it, Julie and I are super are <laughs> very much experts. Um, there are three or four game series between teams typically. So there's a four game series in Pittsburgh. Cubs split the split the thing, but they only score one run a game. Then they acquire this guy. Daniel Murphy is his name. Uh, Daniel Murphy is has been the nemesis of every Cubs player for the last four <laughs> years. Sorry. When his Mets two teams ago swept the Cubs in the National League Championship Series and dashed all hopes of the Cubs ever winning a World that. Series until the following yep. year. So we have... Uh, literally been afraid of this guy. And then he went to the Nationals. Yeah, and then he went to the Nationals um, and has, on on an okay team, been a slugger. The guy just became a stud late in his career. And out of nowhere, past the trade deadlines and everything, the Cubs pick up this Daniel Murphy guy. And instead of scoring one run a game, they're scoring um, seven and three, and you know it, it's it's changed the entire nature of the offense. Every bat that was dead has come alive. Yep. And we got to thinking, why does this happen? Why does stuff like this happen? Um, because if they didn't get Murphy, we were thinking, or I was thinking anyway. Mm, I think the, I think the bats are dead for a while. But we don't we don't know. But it was definitely an infusion of energy and it kind of woke everybody up. So and why do you think it woke everybody up? I think that's what we're here to answer. Well, first of all, he's incredible. I, I've been a fan of his the whole time, if I'm being honest. Just I I hate him at the same time. He's just unbelievable. He's he's a great hitter. He's a clutch no, hitter. No, you don't really hate him. I don't really he's hate an him. amazing hitter. So George, so I was there when George saw that we got Murphy. So it was a total surprise. Oh, what, was he, what oh. was his reaction? Oh, he was just like, what? I mean, he had no idea. And he <clears throat> knows everything about the Cubs. So it was a huge fun surprise that we're getting this amazing hitter. At this point in the season, it was, you know, a dazzling surprise. Yeah. S- super dazzling and super surprising. And next thing we know, not the, that day or that night, but the next day, I think he was in a Cubs uniform slugging away. And uh, I, I just think it was just a fresh injection for the boys. I think it's, boys I think it's that. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to add a little bit to that. So in the ensuing games, Murphy hasn't been hitting home runs. Murphy's been hitting. He's been hitting. He's been getting base hits. This guy's a good base hit hitter. And every once in a while, he can crash a home run. Um, I think the idea of 
importing this guy, of going through the effort, knowing that management and Joe Madden, the, the Cubs managers, decided at this point in the season, we're going to bring this slugger in, tells the team, who the standing team, hey, we believe in you guys so much. We think you're going so far. We're willing to bring in a, a hired hand to help us out even more. Like, I think it was a show of great confidence in the staff they already have that we're going to add this yep, guy. We're going for we're it. We're not waiting until next year for right, this. You right. guys are hot right now. Yep. You just need this little kick in the ass. Yeah. You're going to be good. Yeah. You know? So I, I think part of it is really, really good psychology on the part of management. I think that helps a lot. Okay. You know what it just made me think of? What? So, yeah. So here's this new guy who's who is – Typically an opponent that you're afraid of. Right. Now he's on your team. You know he's awesome. So it kind of, like I said, wakes everybody up. It kind of reminds me of, maybe this is silly, but like I worked out with you and George the other day. And and because I was with you, I did better. I worked harder. Like I was motivated. It, it raised my game that I was working out with you guys in the same room. Yeah. Oh, well, listen. I, okay, so I'm going to up your yeah. ante. So um, – Knowing that George was going to be home this summer and not yet working full-time, I decided to capitalize on that by a little throwdown. There's a workout program I like to follow um, called Body for Life, highly recommended, very effective. We're, I'm <laughs> ripped right now like a monster. Um, and, and we've talked about this a little bit on the podcast. And I, before George graduated, I planted the seed in his mind, hey, this summer – why don't you and I work out together? And so every day, virtually, I've been able to work out with George. And and I haven't been not working out the past four years. But, man, you work out with a 22-year-old, yeah. and <laughs> it's something real different. And you, and you raise your game because as his now 54-year-old father, you feel like, oh, I'm not going to let this guy get a step on me. So... When George picks up the pace, even though I feel like I don't think my legs are going to be able to do what his are doing, I make sure they do. I raise my game, which maybe there's something to this, right? What I've been, what I wanted to talk about today was optimal performance. There's a book I love, uh, written by a guy from the University of Chicago um, named Mikhail Csikszentmihalyi. He's this, seriously, yeah, he's a Russian psychologist. And it's called Dan Spray. Our friend Dan oh, gave this right. book to me years ago. It's called Flow, The Psychology of Optimal Experience. Oh, okay. It's a terrible book. Don't buy it. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> it's not terrible. It's, it's real heady. He's from the University of Chicago. Oh, I don't like it's the heady book. super, super sophisticated. But effectively, his point is um, if you have no stress or excitement or even anxiety is a word, um, your performance is going to be low. If you're overstressed, overexcited, your performance also is going to be low. Right. So there is this little area at the top of the curve called eustress. So it's not distress and it's not no stress. It's eustress, E-U-S-T-R-E-S-S. And that's the zone. So when you picture Steph Curry landing one three after another, after another, after another, and then wondering, like, what the hell? Why is this working? It's because he has found this balance between um, mind, body, and spirit, literally, yeah. that is the zone, that, that where everything is coordinated and working together beautifully. 
But I don't think, to our bigger point, I don't think it stands alone. I, I think it works best when there are other people involved. So the question becomes this. Um, not all of us are power hitters, right? Not all of us are, you know, um, the best in the world at the one thing, at any one thing. How do we become the person who is the energy infusion in, um, it, how do we become the person who's the energy infusion with the basement full of people working out, the energy infusion in the therapy group that we're um, a part of, or, you know, in our family? How do we, how do we become that, that jolt of energy that raises everybody's game? Maybe that's the question. I'm, I'm, I'm picturing like teamwork, organizations, families, groups of people. Is it just a matter of adopting an attitude? I don't know if that's the question. I mean, I think it's it's great if you can figure out how to infuse energy and joy into other people's lives, into your workplace, uh, into your, um, you know, into a social situation, but also, you know, identifying what what is it that gives you optimal energy, yeah, you know? Yeah, yeah. So, um, and it could be, you know, I know we're, we're talking about like sports and working out. Is it... Um, working with, out with other people? Is it working out with, you know, with music instead of silence? One thing we have been talking about a little bit this summer is you've had this really, really taxing schedule. Right. Like way too much. So that's distress. And I've had an overly loose schedule, which has also been stressful. Um, and neither one has us in our optimal space. I'm getting closer to that as I'm working more now. I actually am back in the art studio. Right. Um, so I'm feeling the flow more um, this last week than I have kind of all summer. Um, uh, so, yeah, I think identifying certainly how you can bring that into a situation, but also what gives you that optimal energy. Right. So your point is, at least in part, balance does that right yeah. you know and 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 I'm we we're both out of balance and we're on opposite ends of the seesaw and there's a tipping point and we both breached it in different ways yep. right yep and so totally. to, to balance that um, is really important I totally agree um, if you're out of balance I don't think you can be that jolt that um, that zapper or feel that jolt yeah like, yeah 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 being in alignment where you can give and receive the jolt, right? Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. No, I like that. Here's here's another concept to consider, though. Okay. Um, I think so. I think part of it is balance. Literally feeling balanced and fe because energetically, that's the only way to find your optimal point, right? You know, is to be in balance energetically. Literally and, and kind of metaphorically, that kind of like more karmic kind of energy creating the space for that. But I think the other important thing is to be engaged in things that... Light you up. Yeah, that light you up. Yeah. Exactly. Um, that you maybe have an acumen for, that you're good at. But usually it's the things that light us up that we have an acumen for, right? So if you're engaged in things that put your lights out, you know, you're never going to find flow there. Right. Right. So that's no small part of the deal. Yeah. Right? And, and, you know, if you or if you over engage, like well, whatever. So if you work too hard, you know, and you're exhausted. Are you looking at me? 
No. No, I didn't think so. It's the guy behind me. <laughs> yeah, I didn't even that notice guy, that hey, dude. Hey, what's um, up? See that tired guy behind you? Yeah. No, if you work too hard, um, you probably aren't doing your best work and you don't have any juice for anything else in life and you have no balance. Right. Um, if you don't have enough going on, then everything's just kind of mushy. Um, <laughs> enough about us. <laughs> um, I got back in the studio this week I and I found that flow where I'm free and and um you know creating and And it kind of shows we were looking at your painting a little while ago and it's like really evident something you were stuck on you were no longer stuck on right so I felt that flow I felt I felt the flow in the office in the last couple weeks um so yeah it's about I guess just finding the finding balance and finding where you get your where you can plug into the to the outlet. Yeah. Well, and, and like to your point, like where, uh, where you're doing something that has some meaning to you. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Cause if Murphy didn't care about baseball, it doesn't matter how good he is at it. Right. It wouldn't show, it would, he wouldn't do as well as he does. Well, and he, it's Murphy's he, law. Well, and Murphy and the Cubs infuse us, our family all the time with joy and connection. Now that you mention it, so much joy, so much excitement. Yeah. I think that might be so. Okay. Let me add one more piece to the formula then. Okay. Um, because I think we have two solid pieces to the flow formula, to the zone formula. The other one might be uh, that on occasion, you have to Springsteen up, um, it, meaning um, like the Cubs light us up and like fire us up. And, you know, today, so today, um, David Bodie, who is a new player for the Cubs this year, um, brought up from the minors. Uh, hit his second walk-off home run in two weeks. And Julian George and I, who are kind of engaged in a game, have this moment of absolute stunned euphoria. Yeah, jumping up and down. Yep. And I think life has to, in order for you to be able to find the zone, you have to know joy. You have to know what that feels like because that's – if you never, ever feel that and life is ordinary toast all the time, then you don't know what you're gunning for. That's Springsteening up. I'm going to use that. Yes. Right? And because uh, you, cause like when I watch Springsteen on stage, I feel joy. I hope he does, but I know <laughs> I do. <laughs> I think he does. And that reminds me of another thing um, about flow and excitement, um, you know, doing something that kind of is a little ass on the line. And we've talked about that before. You know, we do these open mics sometimes, doing something out of your comfort zone. Flying uh, without makes a you net. feel alive. Yep. Um, yeah. All right. All right. I totally agree with that. Um, yeah, I trying something completely different. We have friends who are doing improv right now. A friend of mine jumped out of a plane a year ago yeah. and was was transformed by it. Right. Trying something new you've never done before that exhilarates you. Well, even every time we do an open mic, you know, everybody, they've done it before, but everyone gets all, you know, agitated in the best way and excited and they have a reason and they get up there and they're nervous. But it is all those things, creative, joyful, but it's also... Putting yourself out there. All right. So in, in the name of putting ourselves out there and in the name of a clear recap, I think we have four variables. The, the, the first one was balance. Find, find that balance, right? So if you are 
overextending yourself, meet meet somewhere in the middle. If you're underextending yourself, yep. if you're on that couch too often, Start extending. then you, you need a little <laughs> kick in the butt to get going in order to find the balance that you need. That's number one, right? Okay. Number two is to uh, find the thing that energizes you, right? Wasn't that, that was a big part of it is if you're engaged all the time in activities that don't give you a boost and excite you, um, it's really hard to find the zone. I don't know if you can do it. Number three. Find the the vein <laughs> where you give and receive the energy. Like, yeah. Where you, like the zapper, sapper situation. <laughs> right. The, the plug into the outlet, like the, the connection part. Like when we're all three working out together or when you and George are working out yep. together. Yep. Um, you feel it raises both of your game. So that's, if you can do that in your relationship, um, like you and I are doing right now on this yeah, podcast. Yeah. <laughs> if you can do that uh, in your workspace, uh, in you know, in in a friendship, find the place where you and that other person plays or thing. <laughs> um, now recharge each other. Right, right. And then number four or charge was to Springsteen up was to um, do that thing, do that thing that excites you, right? You know, like find that exhilaration so that you know the feeling of the zone. Yeah. Right? Um, do those four things, guys, and you are going to find the zone. And the, I think the more often, having read this book, I, and I won't ask you to go through the the pain of reading Flow by Mikhail so Csikszentmihalyi. Not. Do not read it. Um, I think we just summarized the idea really, really well. Um, and you will find yourself in that zone where you feel like everything is happening optimally in your life an awful lot of the time. And the beautiful thing about it is when you are out of balance in any of those four areas, you can adjust. You can just adjust. And it's usually not that difficult to do. Yeah, and I, and I think if you can find it in one area of your life, then it can feed the others, right? Like just get it going somewhere. Yep. Um, and it will, yeah, it will energize you not to, we keep using the same word, but it really, um, it has a lot to do with energy. I think that's the right word. Yeah. 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 Yep. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, and that is why it's important that Daniel Murphy is on the Cubs right yeah. now. <laughs> this is better, you guys. Thank you so much for listening. Get yourself in the zone out there. Yeah, we're gonna yeah we're gonna go see our friends uh, and have dinner and uh, totally be in the zone. Totally be in the zone. It's gonna be one very Jeff and Carrie. Here we come. <laughs> dinner. Um, this is better. Love you, honey. Love you, honey. We'll talk to you guys next time. Have a great week. 